Hi, welcome back to the Decluttering Motherhood podcast. This week I have a guest with me for the episode and we are going to be talking about something that affects one in four women, which is a huge number when you really think about it, and that is miscarriage. I'm Katie and I have built a business based on the love of helping other women. In the eight years I've been a mother, I've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I have been so lost, but have found my way back again. And that is what now drives me forward, a passion to help other mothers do the same. So each week I will share practical and tangible advice, as well as inspiring interviews with the same aim. You are enough. It is time you started believing it. This is the Decluttering Motherhood podcast. miscarriage after I had Grace. It is something that I don't really talk about anymore. I guess just once you have more children, it's just something that you bury deep down inside you. But it is something that really does need speaking about. And the more you can talk about it, the more it helps you, but it also helps other people who maybe going through the same thing. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Lucy. If you tell us a little bit more about you. Okay, so I'm Lucy, as you said. Um, I'm a wife and mother to two rainbow babies. Uh, Sophie, who is now six, and Elliot, who is three. Um, And I blog over at Mrs H's Favourite Things. Primarily, I blog about mental health and being a parent with mental health problems. But also, I blog about baby loss and recurrent miscarriage. Okay, so obviously, mental health side of things, that's a really brave thing to talk about. I discussed in a previous episode about how it has this stigma attached to it anyway. And then as a parent with mental health issues, it, it it sort of raises the stigma a little bit. I feel like, you know, I, I remember as a teenager that my mental health issues started as a teenager. But my mum was like, no, you must never admit that as anything is wrong because you'll never get a job. Your children, you won't be able to have children. And they were like, this is scaring the bejesus out of me. So, um. Yeah, if anyone is listening who has from any range of mental health issues, Lucy's blog is an amazing wealth of information and just sharing stories that will make you feel less alone in this situation because it is normal. And the thing that I said in the, in the, uh, my previous episode is you would go to the doctors. If you had diabetes, you would go to the doctors. If you had epilepsy, you know, it's just something else in your body that is, broken I guess broken it's just not functioning the way that everybody else's is necessarily functioning but it's okay and I mean you know you are a mother you have children and you live your life so miscarriages yes if we obviously this is what we're here to talk about today if you want to share your story so uh, you've had four four miscarriages is that yes right? okay four miscarriages so I had um my first one before Sophie was born and then I had three while we were trying for Elliot first one obviously you'd 
you, you hadn't even had a baby at this point so that was your first ever experience of pregnancy what yeah. what sort of miscarriage was that was that early on or it was 11 weeks so mm. it still counted as early yeah um, but it was one week before the scan so you kind of you think one week before I'm all clear and everything's fine and I can announce it to everyone and um so you're getting all hopeful and all your dreams and then it's kind of got shattered um I had a missed miscarriage as well so um if you talk about what what is a missed miscarriage so a missed miscarriage is when basically the baby is dead inside of you it's really horrible yeah but that's what it is sometimes symptoms present themselves beforehand and so you get scanned before your 12-week scan sometimes sadly women find out on their 12-week scan and you're just told there's no heartbeat the baby hasn't grown and then you have to deal with it you have to choose how you're going to miscarry basically and you're given three choices and um, one of those is surgery, one is medical intervention, and the other is to just wait it out and miscarry naturally as and when. Yeah, which I, you know, it's not, I can't even imagine having that weight. Uh, I mean, my miscarriage was, it just happened. I miscarried and that was it. But having to... I'd want it over and done with, I think. That would be my choice. I'd be like, just, I need I need this over to, to sit and wait. Because, I mean, depending when the baby has, its heart has stopped beating. I mean, I, I know people who's, who's it died at, say, six weeks and it hasn't been picked up. So you think, well, it's lasted that long. Exactly. It could go on, you know? So um, that's a hard, you'd almost want the doctors to make the decision for you. Yes. Well, I had my mum with me and I remember turning to her and just thinking, please make this decision yeah. for me. It's not even a decision I want to make. I want my baby. That's what I want. Yeah. But it's a decision I have to make. So I ruled out surgery because there were risks to the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very minor risks, but there were still risks and I wasn't prepared to take them. Would that be for future pregnancies? Uh, yeah, you could possibly, your uterus could possibly get sort of pierced. Yeah. Um, so that would have a risk for future pregnancies. And you can get scar tissue and things like that build up. Um, so I ruled that one out, that out option out. I ruled the option of waiting because I had to go back to work. I had work to do and the baby, as you said, had died at six weeks and I was 11 weeks pregnant. So that's what, five weeks of the baby just not going anywhere. So it could have taken, I don't know how long and I wasn't gonna be able to have all that time off work just waiting. So um, I chose the medically managed route partly because I had to go through it. I had to experience the miscarriage. I found it really hard that what had happened was one minute I was pregnant and then the next minute someone just told me your baby's got no heartbeat I'm really sorry and suddenly I wasn't pregnant anymore and although I'd had some pains I hadn't experienced anything and I felt like I needed to experience something to get closure yeah so that's why I chose the medically managed route I think I would I would choose the same I think yeah 
Yeah. Um, how was that in terms of, obviously, that was your first pregnancy. Yes. What were your feelings? So after after the event and you're thinking, OK, so I'm, I haven't got a baby. What were your feelings towards, I guess, the guilt that surrounds it? Did I know I, I felt like it was my fault. Um, I, I thought I to this day, I still think that it was my fault. I don't actually know the reason. Um, because I was fine and I, I God, it, you know, I've had that many babies now that I can't remember. I think I was seven weeks. So mine was earlier anyway. Mm. Um, but it had been a really hot day and I hadn't drunk anything and I was, I was back teaching. I was working my notice at school and I'd been sent to do a, like a sports day type thing at another school with my class. And it was really hot. And I'd stood all day and I'd not drunk a single thing. And then, it, you know, it happened like a couple of days later. So in my head, I did it. I did that by like not being hydrated. Yeah. Like deep down, I know that's that's not, it just isn't going to be the reason. But to me, that's like, well, I did that that day and then I was pregnant. And then a couple of days later, it all just went to shit. Um, and so the guilt, I think that's the the biggest thing that comes out of a miscarriage is that well what did I do wrong I guess it's not even the guilt straight away it's the but what happened what went wrong so what so you know you've you've lost your baby you've gone through the process how how does how are you feeling right now like are you did you immediately just think it was you um yeah I mean there are so many emotions I remember being really angry mm-hmm. um angry at myself Um, I kept on thinking, for heaven's sake, you know, you're a woman giving birth and having raised, uh, being pregnant is what you're designed to do. Why can't you do it? What's wrong with you? Um, It was just, uh, it was kind of another stick to beat myself with. (laughs) But um, I felt so guilty, just so much guilt, guilt that... Um, my husband couldn't fully understand how I was feeling, guilt that my body failed, guilt that I would never get to meet my baby and that I'd failed the baby. Just the feeling of guilt is overwhelming. I mean, there's so many feelings that go with miscarrying. There's the grieving, there's the anger, there's the despair, there's the not believing it for a while. But yeah. guilt's a really strong emotion that goes with it but also loneliness I felt really really lonely no one else understood what I was going through I didn't have any friends who'd miscarried so I didn't know anyone who'd miscarried so I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone although my husband was brilliant Mm. he hadn't miscarried the baby I had and so I felt I felt that I was slightly isolated from him in that way and that my grief was slightly different from his Um, and it's really, really hard. It's, I mean, I've been through a lot in my life, but it's pretty much the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. Yeah. I think loneliness, I don't, I don't think I've ever really thought of it that way, but actually, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't know anyone. And also, I mean, what year was that? What year did you have your first miscarriage? 2012. 2012. So when was, when did I have Grace? Well, Lily was born 2013, so it must have been around the same time. The same time. Social media wasn't really 
I mean, I don't even remember. I think I, I didn't have Instagram, 100%. I, no. I hadn't started blogging, so I didn't have Twitter. I had Facebook, which were my real-life friends, and none of them had gone through it. So, yeah, social media wasn't really a thing to be able to go on and, and like, you could Google things, but Google just tells you you've got cancer or a brain tumour, and it's not really <laughs> of any support help. So, yeah, no, same same year. So, um it, yeah I'd never really thought of it from that way but I, I I remember feeling very disconnected from my husband and yeah. I mean you actually went later on you realize they're grieving too like they've lost something but you can't see that at the time you just you're just like no it's me it's my thing I'm the one who's dealt with it and I was very closed off so um I probably isolated myself more than but but you I think you have to it's part of you just shuts down doesn't it and you just yeah, uh, go into self-protection mode yeah it's something that you've never experienced before yeah. a really un well it's co- sadly quite common experience but it's a very individual experience my miscarriage is very different from your miscarriage and the way we react yeah there are some really common themes in the way people react it's your own reaction it's your own grief and yeah. that is really isolating. I, I have to say, I, I'm a scientist, and I, the approach that I took was very, um, well, it was what my body needed to do. That yeah. was the approach that I, I did feel, I mean, I went through stages, and I did feel, you know, I cried, and I felt the grief side of things, but I think the main thing for me was, well, my body just wasn't ready. And it was just, it's, this is the science. This is what nature does. You know, I was very um, stiff up a lip about it, um, which probably didn't help my grieving process because I don't think I really allowed myself through it. I just mm-hmm. carried on, marched on through it all. Uh, but yeah, people, you know, everyone is different. But I think that's also probably why talking to people helps because then you it will unlock something that maybe you wouldn't have come to your, you know, the same realisation on your own. And it's amazing, actually, when you do start talking about it, the people who then share their stories and um, that can give you hope if they've gone on to have another baby, if they've gone on to have a baby, or it just can make you feel less alone and you can talk to someone who who understands and who gets the, the fact that you are are grieving something because some some people don't really even understand why you're grieving they just think oh it was early days you know I remember um some so-called friends basically telling me you know pull yourself together shit shit happens get over it um and I mean that was when I'd had my third miscarriage and get slightly different emotions the more miscarriages we have but um I just couldn't believe they were saying that because, you know, it was still my baby. No matter how pregnant I was, it was still my baby because from the moment you find out you're pregnant, that is your child inside you. Were those friends, oh, you said by your third miscarriage, so presumably they were mum friends. Yes. It baffles me. I mean, this is not the same scenario at all. But, you know, like if you have a dog, and your dog dies, lots of people won't understand why you grieve. But the people who will understand are the ones who've had a dog. They will get the love for that. Completely not the most (laughs) related thing. But as a fellow mother who's been through pregnancy, whether I've had a miscarriage or not, 
I've been through pregnancies where there's worry and you love your baby. It baffles me that fellow mothers don't get it. That could be that cold. I mean, that says a lot about them as people, I think, because how as a mother, when you love that tiny little baby, how can you not understand that losing a baby, no matter where from tiny seed all the way to, you know, how I just don't get it. That baffles me beyond all baffleness. Well, there were a group of five of them and um, one of them had had a miscarriage, so couldn't understand that at all, why she was saying what she was saying. And only one of them stuck up for me out of the five. Mm. Um, and sadly, then three of them went on to have miscarriages when they had their second babies. And of course, I was expected to be there to pick up all the pieces and basically coach them through their miscarriages, um, which I did. Um, because you are lovely. Thank you. <laughs> it would be too easy to be like, nah, you're on your own, you bunch of, you know. But no, that says a lot about your character that you supported them because you knew, you know. And it's just a shame that they it took that for them to realise what you'd been through. Yeah. Yeah, and it did, and they all apologised. Sadly, I'm not friends with them anymore, but that's a another story. <laughs> okay, so you, you did go on to have a successful pregnancy. Yeah, Sophie. And let's talk about how you feel when you've been through a miscarriage, what pregnancy is like. I mean, obviously you... Your story is different to my story in, in the sense I'd had a baby. My first pregnancy was the most classic, easy pregnancy, easy birth. Everything was textbook. And then I had a miscarriage and then another baby. So having a miscarriage after you've had a successful pregnancy is really odd because you think, well, how's my body failed when I did it right the first time? Yes. But similarly, when you've had a miscarriage the first time to then go on and have a pregnancy talk us through what it's like because if there's anyone listening right now who's just been through a miscarriage and they might be thinking like how do I how do I let's talk about trying first of all that not even getting pregnant but the, the decision to try again because people might be thinking oh my god how can I possibly even consider trying again when I've just lost my baby? And I think if you're at that point where you're saying, oh my God, how can I consider trying again? Then you're not ready to try again. I think you have to, you have to be at peace. Mm -hmm. You have to have grieved properly and you have to be all in for making that decision to try again. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. And with it comes so much worry. I mean, um, am I going to get pregnant again? What if I don't get pregnant quickly? Um, what if I do get pregnant quickly? Um, I got pregnant with Sophie really, really quickly. And I actually wasn't prepared for that. And I remember going to my first midwife appointment and just sobbing and going, please tell me I'm not going to miscarry this baby. Please tell me. That everything is going to be okay of course she couldn't at all but she was very sympathetic um but I just wasn't I wasn't ready at that point to be pregnant so I think we probably rushed it a little bit um and when I had subsequent miscarriages we waited quite a long time in between 
um, and waited till I felt physically and emotionally and mentally ready. With the first baby, I think we rushed it quite quickly. We just were, we'd been told, you know, wait for one healthy cycle and then go, go for it. Um, and that's what we did. Yeah. Because that's what we've been told. But I didn't really take into account the emotional side of it. Like hormones are crazy at the best of times let alone. Exactly, exactly and you're with me because I'd had a miss miscarriage your body still thinks it's pregnant oh you have all the hormones still of a pregnant woman yeah. and they go on for a few weeks after you've actually miscarried the baby um so you know which is it's horrible you know you're miscarrying and you still feel sick and you're still an emotional wreck because your body thinks it's pregnant so I had that to contend with as well um but eventually we tried again and we had Sophie which was well and then obviously the pregnancy itself there's that worry all the way through I mean nine months of I mean I always I always wished I had a see-through stomach like a little window but you can just see, just see that everything's fine in there. Like nine months of hell, like get this baby out of me. I need it in my arms. Yes. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't go away, which I never had, which obviously you would have, obviously with Sophie, you would have had, but because I'd had Grace first, I was oblivious. I didn't even consider this was ever a problem. So that pregnancy, I didn't even consider something could go wrong. But yes, with sub- subsequent pregnancies, I was a paranoid wreck for the whole nine months so you had Sophie how long did you after having her did you wait before you thought right you know what she needs a sibling well um I actually got pregnant by accident (laughs) the first time um we decided we would have another baby I think it was I think it was about 10 months after we'd had Sophie, we made the decision that at some point we would have another baby. But we got drunk that night and <laughs> I got pregnant. Um, and then I had third pregnancy, second miscarriage. Um, it was a very early miscarriage. So it, but I guess it's called a chemical pregnancy because I literally took the test and then miscarried. But still it's still horrific you know what your body's doing um you know you're losing a baby so it's still horrific um we then waited I think after that we waited till Sophie was about two and then we started trying again um and again I had a missed miscarriage and then we waited for quite a long time And then I got pregnant again. I was very lucky in that each time we tried, I got pregnant really quickly. You're super fertile. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mr. H just needs to look at me and I thought... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we were very lucky in that respect. But then I had a, a, a spontaneous miscarriage the fourth time. And it was then that because I'd had three recurrent miscarriages that I was sent for tests. Okay, so that's so, yeah, because obviously I only have ever had one. So that's something I I never had to deal with. So so if you have three, that's classed as a fertility problem, I'm I'm guessing, is that? So that's. It has to be three in a row. So um, I'd had three. Yeah. But Sophie was in between. So I had to 
wait until I'd had another one before I could be seen by somebody. And did that, did those tests or whatever, did they give you any answers? No, no answers whatsoever. So. Um, it was proved that it was inconclusive, which was heartbreaking. I desperately, it sounds really, really stupid to say, but I desperately wanted something to be wrong with me. Yeah. Wanted something to be wrong and then go take this tablet yeah. and you'll have a baby. Um, so for them to come back and say it's inconclusive, we don't know why you've, you're miscarrying. You could have another 20 miscarriages or your next pregnancy could be fine was was absolutely devastating I didn't know I didn't know what to do with that I didn't know where to go I think I remember writing a blog post called um, where do I go from here and I think I, I wrote it about two o'clock in the morning and I was just I was so full of grief and anger and upset and uncertainty and it was like a ball inside of me it was just felt like it was eating me up inside and I just had to I had to write I don't know whether it's the most coherent blog post but it was what I needed to write yeah. at the time just where do I go from here I had no idea I I couldn't emotionally face more more miscarriages I couldn't emotionally face that but at the same time I couldn't face the idea of not having another baby in my life and so, I, it was one of the things that people often gets that said to them is well at least you have a baby at least you have a baby did people say that to you yeah I had a doctor say that to me oh I um went to see her I think I just had the third miscarriage and I went to see her and obviously I suffer from mental health problems I have chronic depression and anxiety and my depression was not good at that time um because of what was yeah yeah, because of what was going on. And I remember going to her and saying, look, I'm not feeling good at the moment. Can you, do I need my drugs changed or do I need some grief counselling or something like that? And her just going, you've got a baby, healthy baby, go enjoy your baby. You'll get pregnant and have another one in time. And I just thought, you cannot say that to me. You have no idea. You, I know I've got a wonderful baby and that's fantastic, but I still have this deep yearning inside me for another child. And so the fact that I have Sophie doesn't diminish that. No. Anyway. If anything, for me, having a baby and having a miscarriage is like, I know I can do this. I know my body is capable. So don't tell me just to enjoy this baby. I know I can grow one. I want another one. I want to be able to do that again successfully. And yeah, you just, I mean, you do have to just wait. And, and I mean, I am not a patient person. Waiting is not something. And the thing is, what I mean, what frustrated me was every, you have to wait a month and then another month, although I am also super fertile. So I, it was only ever one time that we had to, one, so for Lily, we had to try and try and try. Grace and William, unfortunately for my husband, were a one-time <laughs> thing. <laughs> But it is, I mean, people who have to um, even don't go through miscarriage, but just have fertility problems, that month on month wait and uncertainty, is this going to happen? And if you've, you've got a baby already, like, why is my body not doing this? What What is wrong with me? So, you know, it's, it's a really having someone say, just get on with it, uh, you know, 
that waiting is is not easy it's it's not it's not something that can just be dismissed like that that's and for a doctor to have said that that's just that is awful that's awful having a baby and then miscarrying some respects that was helpful having the child yeah and that I, I miscarried and I remember going home and putting Sophie to bed and reading her her story and just holding her so, so tightly and just letting the tears flow. And so there was something really healing in having her there with me. But in a way, it's really hard as well, because you know what you've lost. Yeah. More so than when you haven't had a baby, you don't you can imagine what it's like to have a baby but yeah. you don't physically and emotionally know what what it's like and um so it was I felt in some respects that it was harder because I knew what I'd lost and I guess also the guilt creeps back in again because it's guilt for that child that they're not going to have a sibling yeah you know guilt that you're not able to grow your family to what you and your partner had dreamed of and it's it's it just cycles back round to this guilt of what is wrong with me why am I what is happening that I am failing at this and it's hard because you can't blame anyone else no you that's miscarried so there is no one else to blame you are you feel that you're at fault you can't blame your husband it's not their fault it's not that they've got dodgy sperm or something um you just you know you just hate yourself there is hope and your I mean your blog the tagline is finding happiness and chasing rainbows and obviously the happiness is in relation to your mental health issues as well but the chasing rainbows is you know it's it's you can't give up with without hope there is nothing so it's it's yeah the chasing rainbows and you you did you got your second rainbow baby again was that a straightforward pregnancy it was a really difficult pregnancy I got diagnosed with um prenatal anxiety during it um I was just so anxious I would have nightmares every single night I would wake up thinking I'd miscarried checking for blood um I would I was I was in a right right state. It was really really horrible pregnancy. Yeah. Um, I also had uh, something called piriformis syndrome, which is basically when a muscle in your bottom um, contracts around your sciatic nerve. Oh God! Your sciatic nerve gets trapped, so I was unable to move easily. So um, that sort of compounded everything as well. Um, but I was because I had had the recurrent miscarriage tests and I had gone to a recurrent miscarriage clinic, I had extra scans. So um, I had a scan at what they called my critical point, which was when um, I'd lost previous babies. So I had, a, I had a scan at 10 weeks knowing that, you know, it would either show that yeah. the baby was no more or that the baby was okay and I was past that point. And of course, then there is no guarantee that I could would then still go on to have a healthy baby, but I was at least past that critical point. Yeah. And so we had that scan two days before Christmas, which was really, really hard because I, I remember thinking, 
this could be the best Christmas present ever or it could be the worst Christmas of my life because I think we had both decided that this would be the last pregnancy. Wow. That um, that I couldn't put myself, wow. mental health could not cope with more miscarriages. Um, and that was a really hard decision. And it was kind of an unspoken decision, but it was one that we both made. Um, so there was a lot riding on that last pregnancy. Yeah. But he arrived, a little Christmas miracle. And little Elliot. He was, oh. He's wonderful. He's a bright little three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I've sent my three-year-old off to his granny's house today so I can have some peace and quiet. <laughs> well, mine's at preschool, so. Yeah. Um, but he was amazing. And I just remember lifting him out of the water and feeling that a huge weight had lifted. Yeah. But I have since been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder because of all of the miscarriages. Because what I found was really hard was once the pregnancy was over, once the newborn days were over, I was suddenly hit with the whole whole bang of all of the miscarriages, yeah. all of that emotion, all of that grief, all of that guilt just suddenly hit me. And um, I had nothing really to occupy. Well, obviously I was still a mother and so I was still really busy, but I wasn't totally consumed by something. Yeah. Um, so the guilt and the, all the emotions started consuming me and I got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder mm. because of miscarriages. Which, I mean, is not surprising at all. I mean, one was hard enough to, to go through four. And then, so that's four, so six pregnancies. Your body, as well as mentally, your body has been through so much. Um, let's talk about, I mean, obviously now he's three years old, so this is behind you, in a sense. What have you done over the last few years that has helped you? So for anyone who's listening who might be exactly where you are right now, that they're past it, or they might be in the midst of it, what has helped you through your pregnancies, through the miscarriages, and now day to day, what is it that you think are ways that people can help themselves in this situation I think talking about it is so important I think that there's still a stigma attached and people feel that they can't talk about it but you can talk about it and it's amazing that when you do talk about it people say oh yes I miscarried my baby or oh I had a stillbirth or people really open up to you and you can sort of share that those emotions together. I found writing hugely cathartic. You don't have to write a blog. You can just write a letter. I wrote a letter to my first baby um, and I found it one of the most cathartic things to do because in that I acknowledged all the guilt I felt, the guilt of having Sophie in a way as well because Sophie wouldn't exist if the first baby had existed mm. and that's a really that's really hard because it makes you feel really guilty you still love the first baby but you can't imagine a world without I can't imagine a world without Sophie in it so I had to lose the first baby in order to have Sophie and that's, that's a bit of a brain 
fuck sorry <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it is I mean I the same Lily Lily no she wouldn't be here her due date was I can't even work out the maths but yeah she wouldn't be here I mean but a world without Lily and then maybe potentially not William either you know you don't know how you're like you know it's just it is hard yeah. to wrap your brain around yeah so I think the first thing you need to do is look after you you need to protect yourself um I think I wrote in a blog post you need to be your own best friend for a while so you need to think about how your best friend would react to the yeah. fact that you just had a miscarriage or that you had a miscarriage a while back and you're still grieving and they would be there for you they'd be supportive they'd be there for you to cry on their shoulder and you need to be your own best friend you need to take care of yourself and be kind to yourself um I found social media a bit of a double-edged sword so in some respects I loved it I had the group that we're in amazing supportive group um and everyone was lovely to me but I also found it hard in the fact that if I'd signed up to pregnancy announcements, what they call pregnancy bulletins, when they send you a message Your saying... baby is the size of an avocado or whatever yes. it is. Yeah. And I was, and I got those messages and I was like, well, no, I've just miscarried. My baby is not yeah. the size of an avocado. No. And it's, so I deliberately avoided those completely. Um, I avoided any kind of pregnancy baby websites mm. I avoided Google Google was the worst thing because you see all my miscarriages presented themselves in completely different manners yeah. um and some people have spotting and it's all clear it's all fine some people yeah. pain and it's all fine and then other people don't so you go on Google and you Google it and you get presented with a huge range yeah. of different scenarios and so I avoided Google like the plague. Um, I started exercising, started doing things like yoga, trying to be more mindful. I tried to enjoy the time I had with Sophie more and tried to be in the moment more and just just really concentrate on me, be a bit selfish for a while. Um, try, I tried to eat more healthily. Tr each time after I'd miscarried, I tried to get myself physically in a good position for trying for another baby. So I wouldn't drink. I mean, I don't smoke anyway, and I don't drink anyway, but I did drink then. But I wouldn't drink alcohol. I would try and eat sensibly and exercise. I'd try and make sure I was a, a, a decent weight so that I wasn't too large and I wasn't too little either. In a way, all the things that are good for your mental health yeah. are good for you when you've miscarried. Mm. All the things that look after you, so self-care, um, just looking after yourself, just being your best friend. Yeah, and surrounding yourself with people who will make you feel better, not yeah. horrible women who will tell you to get over it. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Um, so you have a obviously you have a blog and I will link that down below and that has got all of your stories all all everything about everything on there that people can turn to uh, you also have a Facebook group 
Yes. So the Facebook group is primarily for women who suffer from mental health problems, um, but it's a really supportive space. You can come on there and say that you're struggling and you're having a bad day and other women will reply. So it is a women only group and everyone there is really understanding and lovely. And so, yeah, it's a really nice space. Yeah, so if anyone is in need of support, again, social media, it can be a bugger, but there are safe places that you can hang out and feel supported. And I think uh, going back to uh, earlier, you said that you felt alone. I think social media can fill a void where in real life you don't have somebody that can support you through this time. And so being able to find supportive people online is just invaluable. Definitely. Definitely. And it's called Mrs. H and Friends. Mrs. H and Friends. I will link that down below as well. Thank you so much, Lucy. Honestly, it's the thing to take from Lucy's story and from my story as well is there is always hope. There is always hope. And... I mean, God, it's not easy. It's not easy to hold on to that hope. But if you don't have hope, there there is nothing. So keep hope, look after yourself and find a supportive community. I think that is what that is what we need. That is what we need. Talk it. Talk, talk about it. Talk about these things and it will help you and it helps everybody else as well. Thank you so much, Lucy. I will Thank link you. everything down below so you can go and follow Lucy because she is wonderful. I've known you how many years now? Five? Five, Correct. yeah. Five, five years we've known each other. Uh, and again, online friends, you see? Online friends are amazing. I will link everything down below. I hope that this has helped you in some way to hear stories that may be similar to yours always reach out if you need anything. I will be back next week with another episode.